The following episode of Geeks and Beats contains language or subject matter that may be unsuitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. And they are on. And so are we. Or, or at least we hope we're on. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm a little stunned by the vast number of people here, and I can't even imagine the load on the internet connection to this building. It must be insane. I, I, I did your uh, penis test. Yes. Oh, there we go. We've got one. We, we've, oh, we're, we've, now the upload is 57.7. We'll take that. You'll take it. Yes, we will. We're much, Okay, so all it took was a reboot, apparently. Oh, okay, good. So we're okay. So as it stands right now, it looks like we are live. We have one viewer, and it might be me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's Sean, our director. Oh, it's our tech guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad we went through all this trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the one who showed up five minutes to air. I'm, I'm, we went through all this you trouble. You went through all this trouble, yes. We haven't even gotten a chance to turn, turn the, lights the lights on. on. <laughs> God. Live on Facebook Live via the Anik E1 satellite. It's the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. You like doing this, right? You enjoy this kind of You know what? Stuff? I love it and I hate it at the same time right, because, well, you know, I end up focusing so much on the technology. You forget that there's actually something. That we actually have a real show. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So last night I put together uh, an entire lineup for the big show. Uh-huh. And half of it came from a journal of musical things. Oh, good. Okay. So then I've done my part. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so welcome to the big show. We are live on location at CosmoFest 2019. I suppose it's important to talk a little bit about what CosmoFest 2019 is as you go through the brochure. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I've been I, here before. I have been here before. Yeah. Uh, Cosmo Music is this giant, giant, giant music store in Richmond Hill. North of Toronto, for those who are not uh, from Toronto. State. Right. And every year they hold this festival, yeah. which not only features all kinds of great sales on the inside, but they have all these artists come in to perform and yeah. do autograph sessions and meet and greets. So who do we have coming up? Well, uh, we have Sloan, Finger Eleven, Chilliwack, Tara Lightfoot. I had her over to my house for dinner not that long ago. Oh, really? Uh, and, and you learn a lot about someone when you watch the meet. Yes, you do. What did you learn about Tara Lightfoot? She likes steak. And is this Gordon Lightfoot's daughter or something? No, no relation. No, no relation? No. Wow. And then we have uh, a bunch of other, Simon Phillips who, as a drummer that I used to idolize when I was uh, teaching. Uh, he was um, uh, here. Uh, Omar Hakim, another legendary drummer. Uh, Alex Skolnick, who uh, metal guitarist, you know, a jazz guitarist. Lots of, you know. From really, the band Testament. Yes, lots of really cool stuff here. And then all the food trucks and. Um, have you seen all these food trucks? Yes, yes I'm gonna. Here? I'm gonna go later. This is bigger than the Canadian National Exhibition. Oh yeah, and Getty Lee's here signing his book. Get, yeah, it, it, a book about fishing. Book about no. Yes, it's all about bass. Bass. Oh, bass. Sorry. His big beautiful book of bass. Is, is that what it's really it called? It's called Getty Lee's Big Beautiful Book of Bass. I'm actually doing something with him in Oakville at the Oakville Performing Arts Center on Monday. Okay. Where the two of us are going to be on stage and I'm going to be interviewing him about his book in front of a live audience. Excellent. Get your tickets now. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you mentioned, because we tried to get Getty on the big show for today. Not going to happen. That he's actually quite a reluctant rock star. He is. He's very, very shy. He turns it on when he has to. But otherwise, nope, I'm just a regular sort of dude. I, I had the same sort of scenario. I was um, uh, one of the players at a big artificial intelligence conference earlier this week in Ottawa called Impact AI. And I had a bunch of different interviews I had to do, which you know, interviews, it's just part of the day job, yeah. right? So that's not really the big deal. The big deal for me is that I spent 30 years in an industry where I didn't have to actually see the audience. That's right. It's a big. It's a, it's a lot different for you. It's a lot yeah. different for someone who got into the business so that they could sit in a room by themselves and tell stories. So when you see people out in front of you, it was it was stressful for me. So I had a bit of a, a routine the night before, mm -hmm. which involved a nice, hot, long, quiet bath. You and your baths. I, 
Okay, anyway, continue. Like, like some sort of French president from the 1400s? No maybe? kidding. You know, I just imagine you up to your neck in bubbles. <laughs> with, with the candles all around? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Venus flytrap? Something like that. Yeah. So, but it, it, was, it was an awesome conference, and the moment I stepped into the room, all of that apprehension and stress sort of gets pushed to the back because you've got a job to do. Yeah, you compartmentalize everything. And, yeah. and so I can imagine for Getty Lee, it's very much the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can actually, when I do something in front of an audience, I can actually feel a switch click in my head. Yes. I'm on. Yeah. And I, for the next however long, I am that person. As soon as I step off stage, the switch gets clicked again, and I go back to being my quiet, surly self. And there, there is no um, other option. You, you no. have to be yes. on. You have to perform. Yes. I get that question a lot about how you deal with the stress associated with doing anything live, whether it be something like this or otherwise. And what it comes down to is you really don't have any choice. No, you don't. This is what you signed up for. Suck it up, buttercup, and do it. Yes, exactly. that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, oh, hi. So you, you can see us there now. Yes. We are just across from the registration tent. So if you have any plans to swing by CosmoFest 2019 in Richmond Hill, north of the city of Toronto, uh, be sure to swing by and say hi. We're Because we're right next to the registration tent, you can't miss us. No, you can't. Uh, I was worried when I got here. So I was like, geez, where's the tent? Oh, there it is. Well, our, our director, Sean, stood on the other side of the Geeks and Beats sign with a, his phone in his ear going, where are you guys? I can't see you. So <laughs> the sign is no guarantee you're going to find us. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, we'll be here through the course of the day. You have to jet around 4.30. I have, I have another speaking engagement. We'll, we'll uh, talk about that yes. a little bit later on. But first, let's talk about the Drake curse, because tomorrow night is another big game mm-hmm. for your local sports team, your I mean, Raptors. You don't care? I couldn't give a rat's ass. Oh, come on. This is I, a huge, huge I, selling point for the city and the country. I understand. T- I appreciate Yes, ESPN sent 76 cameras to cover the games here. 76 70, cameras. Yes. All we have is one. Um, yeah. Clearly, we're not as big. No, as, not nearly. As but uh, for for a podcast, we have way more gear than anybody I've ever thought. Possible. You know what? Here, what we'll do is we'll take a photo okay. of the gear so that the viewers can see it from our side of things yeah. a little later on. We're sitting at a photo. Here, and, and here's Sean. And we got Darren over here. Here, here, put that on the internet. We have we have two hosts, two techs, a gigabyte fiber connection, <laughs> three studio lights, yep. a gizmo camera that I've never seen before. Yes, this a is zo- the Evo I was telling you about last week. A zoom. What is this Zoom? That, 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 that Zoom F4 is the field recorder that is taking all of our microphones, including that one over there, in case anybody shows up who's a fan who wants to be on the show. Ain't going to happen, but that, anyway. That, that's another thing. If you actually want to join us on the show, just tap us on the shoulder while we're live. Yeah, because our backs are to the door, kind of like Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Right out of the gate. See? Hi. Is this microphone on, Sean? This one's on. Okay. All right. All right. Who are you? Max. Max, welcome to the big show. Well, I'm a singer, songwriter, and entertainer, and I'll be attending this open mic that's going to happen around 3 o'clock. You're going to want to wash your uh, lips before you do that. You've got the ice cream cone working for you in a big way. So what kind of music do you sing? No, it's qualities that connect to the rock music. It's blues, country, R&B, soul. Awesome. So what time are you on? Well, I had to sign up to put my name on there, so the jam gets started around 3 o'clock. But at two o'clock, you have to register to, to be a part of it. Okay, so you got to be wear, you're wearing the shirt. What shirt? You said you, okay. I missed all of that. We'll we'll move right along. Are you a fan of podcasts? Oh yeah, I mean, awesome. They're, they're like they're on television. You, you can do podcasts at unlimited amount of time. Exactly. So Alan, grab yes. from that box over there. Which box? Yeah, that box Which there. Box? Grab, grab our new friend here. All right, there, there. you go. So, so there, we may have a new listener as a result. Uh, as one. Yeah. Well, now we have two listeners. Yeah, two. Well, and one of them's you. Yeah. No, one of them's One of them's Sean, because he has no choice. All the best. Thank you so much. All right. All right, so. I thought he was a listener. Clearly not. No, he knows me. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. Oh, is this one of the... Oh, I remember this guy. He was at um, the fan expo we went to, and because we were at this height and he was standing, the yes. entire time, his fly was down. That's the guy. That's the guy. Is he following you around everywhere you go? These are my people. <laughs> Your people. Awesome. So, do we want to talk about Drake and, and the Drake curse? Sure. This is the way it works. Every time Drake shows up or... 
professes some sort of affiliation or love for a sports team or yeah. sporting uh, sports celebrity, they lose. And we've been very concerned about Drake being at the Raptors games because his very presence can result in a loss. Um, so you've got um, sportsbetting.ag yes. in your inbox. Put the following propositions for the Raptors Golden State NBA Finals. Now, you've tried to explain this to me every single time we talk about betting, yeah. what these numbers mean, and it still doesn't make sense to me. If it has a minus in front of it, that means that is the favorite. Okay. By how much? But will Drake attend any final games at Golden State, Oracle Arena? It says minus 20, yes, minus 20, no. What does that mean? Uh, it's like a that's, a... that's an even bet. An even bet. Yeah. Okay, but a positive 425 to negative 800 is will Drake not attend any final games? That's right. So in other words, there is no way he's not going to be there. Okay, so will Drake watch any finals with fans at Jurassic Park, which is just outside of the Air Canada Center? He will correct? because there's that stage. So I said that's a lock. Okay, so yes is minus 20. 200. No is plus 150. What does that mean? Does that mean that it's... It's it's very unlikely that he will not show up. So it's very likely he will show up. If he doesn't go to the games in Oakland, yes. Okay. Uh, why do we care about whether or not he'd wear a hooded shirt? That's a prop bet. It's just, you know, I'm I, if you bet on, on any sporting event, you can have these stupid bets, and they just make them up. Okay. So there was one. Is he going to wear a hoodie? All right. Um, will he get a tattoo of Kahi Leonard? Is that how you pronounce Kawhi it? Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Sport ball is not your thing. Sport ball is not my thing at all. Okay. There's Sean laughing at me again. Uh, okay. So um, will ABC broadcast... Drake and Nick Nurse contact each other during the finals. The big thing is that Drake has violated the NBA's fan conduct code by walking onto the court during a timeout and walking over to the player's bench. There was one point during one of the series where he gave coach Nick Nurse a shoulder rub in the middle of a game. Oh, okay. So that's what that's all about. Minus 140, yes. Plus 100, no, means what? He's probably going to do something. He's probably going to do something. Uh, okay, will they uh, message each other on Instagram or Twitter? How do we know? Right. And then will Smash Mouth message Drake on Twitter or Instagram during the final? Okay, now this is interesting. Uh, Smash Mouth is from Oakland. They are Golden State Warriors fans. Okay. And they're trying to create this online beef between them and Drake. And one of the things that Smash Mouth is very upset about are is, is Drake's antics on the on the sidelines okay so they tried with a uh, they tried to troll him with a Twitter um, uh, insult and, and so far I don't think Drake has actually uh, picked up on that yeah you, you don't feed the trolls man that's really the way you gotta it's smash mouth what? I mean yeah I mean, there, there, there there's Nickelback and then there's smash mouth right unless it's 1998 unless it's 1998 and then they're gold they're walking right on the, the sun. sun yes they're walking on the Sun exactly so um, at uh, journal of musical things you've broken that down and for the series itself, the sports book is giving the nod in the series to Golden State. Yeah. There's almost a 74% probability that the this, Raptors will lose. And this is before game one. And we've already had game one. Game one, we? and the Raptors were very good at game one. And game two is tomorrow night. Right. Okay. So in the interim, you have found a concept album that I don't know whether or not... First of all, I don't want to play any of the music. It's The music is actually okay. Let me just say that, but continue. This is a concept album based on Donald Trump. Yeah, it's a, it's a band called uh, School of Language. They are an offshoot of another British band called Field Music. And they have written a 10-track Donald Trump concept album. And if you look at the song titles... Yeah, let's, let's pull this up here. Okay, so you may have to click on the SoundCloud link yeah. to get to it. Yeah. Uh, so the album is called 45. After the 45th president. Yeah, and so among the tracks you've got... A beautiful wall. Yes. Rocket Man. Yes. Is this is this sort of a, a spoof? It is a spoof. Of the original version, so it's no, a no, 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 it's not. I, I don't think I haven't listened to that one yet. Okay, you've got Rex. I Rex guess, Tillerson. Yes, the erstwhile Secretary of State that uh, Donald Trump called. Yes, called him uh, what? Dumb as a box of rocks or something, something like along that? those lines. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he called. Uh, he called Trump allegedly an effing moron. Right, exactly. Right. And then track number nine, sorry, track number eight is, and even if I did, yeah. number nine, lock her up. Yeah. And then the number 10 track to round out this concept album, Trump Music by School of Language, The Best People. Yes. 
It's actually a fun record, and then nobody knows number two, track number two is like nobody knows more about blank than I do. Ah, uh, okay. So it's 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 a real therapeutic listen for people who are not and, mega and, people. And it's it seems to be the second most popular track on this album so far. Yes. Of the fifty-one, almost fifty-two thousand people who've listened to it. It's a it's again good record. The it's out digitally right now, but it will be available. Um, physically later this summer. Would you listen to it on your iPod? Well, you know what? Here's the weird thing. Okay, I want to... Uh, no, you wouldn't. Why, why not? Well, yes, you, you probably haven't bought an iPod but they, in forever. They, well, yes, but they did issue a new iPod this past week. Did they really? Yes, there's a new iPod Touch. Oh, okay. A brand new iPod Touch and uh, 32 gigs for $249. Yeah. Uh, 256 gigs for $489. Yeah. But they are continuing to create this sort of gateway drug. Maybe you give it to your kid. You know, you don't want them to have the phone, but you want to have the functionality of uh, that, an iPhone. That's what we had done when my daughter was 11, and then when she turned 12, it was simply insufficient. She actually needed mobile internet. Right. According to mom, anyway. Uh, okay, so this is what this is all about. But it's not going to save the iPod from being, you know, rendered extinct eventually. But this was all part of the plan, because the iPod was, especially the touch, was a necessary step towards Apple creating the iPhone. Right. And then I guess it's, uh, what's it, Monday or Tuesday, they have the WWDC. I know, and Sean was saying that his son bought an iPad yeah. just recently, and I didn't have the nerve oh, to say, Sean. why would you spend the money when they're just about to unveil some new ones? Some new ones, yes. Sorry, dude. That's the way it goes. I never understand how friends of mine don't talk to me before making any major geek purchases. You don't buy any Apple gear before the first week of June yep. and before the first week of September. As of 2014, the last year Apple broke down iPod sales as a separate category. It sold 14.4 million. That's down from 55 million units they sold in 2008 alone. Right. And that 2008 was the year they introduced the iPhone. So um, you wrote about this on your website, A Journal of Musical Things, which linked back to Statista, yeah. which because of my Futurismic documentary platform, I dropped the $800 for an annual subscription. So I pulled up the actual article it's based on. Oh, okay. And so Sean's got a, a look at the slow goodbye of Apple's former cash cow, this chart that shows at, by 2007, when Apple introduced the iPhone, that it was the beginning of the end for the iPod. With, they sold, in 2007, 51.6 million units. The next year, 54.8. But then at that point, it was that slow descent down to the... It's not much of a slow descent. Look at that line. Yeah, that's... That's a, that's a crash dive. That's pretty much, isn't it? Uh, but to your point, they just unveiled a new one. Yeah. And uh, there'll be new iPhones coming soon. We know that. Okay, so here's, the, uh, again, back to the idea of you never buy any Apple gadgets uh, until all the new toys are unveiled. I found myself in an Apple store not too long ago. And because I've got that corporate world I'm living in now, where I've got my own company and I can write certain things off, and this would be a, a valid business expense, yes. I thought, I'm going to check out the current crop of iPhones. You've got what? The, the 10. 10? Just the 10. Not just the 10X? The, no, 10S? quite 10. I, I was looking at all these new ones, and they didn't jump out at me as... as different or sufficiently improved enough that I needed to replace my 7. This is the problem that we're having, that Apple is having, because it's all been incremental increases and nothing really dramatic. So your 7, and my wife has an 8, not much different than my 10. My 10's maybe a little snappier, a little faster, and but who cares? Face ID, and you got the face ID. I think that's the big difference. Yeah. between. You know, People have told me that they became accustomed to not having the home button quite quickly. You do. And then the fact that you would just pick up the phone and you would recognize your face meant that it would automatically unlock, and you didn't have to fiddle with that nonsense. Well, it, it's not only with the unlocking, but you also get to, if you want to charge something through uh, Apple Pay, right. uh, it's your face recognizes you, or if you want to um, uh, purchase something from the iTunes store, the face uh, recognition makes it happen, so okay. you don't have to put all the, all the clicks in. So the problem is, is that the next generation, and even the current generation of the iPhone, that's a $1,500 commitment. Too much. When it comes to the model that I think you would want on a day-to-day -day basis, because it's all about the storage capacity now. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with anywhere between 64 and 128, because I don't live my life on my phone like some people do. Right. And uh, 
I'm happy with the size of the 10. I don't need a bigger one in terms of physical dimensions. Right. And it's fast enough for me. It works, and I'm, I'm good. So that's my, my position as well, is with the exception of the Face ID, I really don't need anything new. But I'm, I really want to see what comes out of the next generation phone, because I suspect one of the biggest advances is going to be in the chips yes. that power the augmented reality component to it. Yeah, and I'm not going to use augmented reality, so I don't care. What do you mean you're not going to use augmented reality? I, I do, I'm not. You will. Uh, I talked to an augmented reality expert for Futurismic, and she predicted that every single one of us within the next two years will be using augmented reality every single day in one way, shape, or form. The only augmented reality I want is in a heads-up display on a car, which will project my... Um, GPS data in front of me rather than having to look down at the dashboard. And that is an example of AR. Yeah, Absolutely. I will do that. But on my phone? Well, what what if you're looking for a place? You can just hold your phone up and it'll start pointing left and right and all this kind of I, stuff. I suppose so, but uh, we'll see. Again, I'm, I have Google uh, Google Home and, Google, and uh, Amazon Alexa, and I'm still not used to talking to them. Speaking of Amazon Alexa, because I've got that Statista account that I paid 800 freaking dollars for, which, by the way, I banged on CTV's door to pay for when I made it, when it was a professional necessity, yeah. wouldn't spend the money. I go off on my own, and I'm I, the one willing to spend the money. Because you're in charge of the first I'm I'm the boss. Yeah. So that was perfect. So because I've got that account, I can click on the additional research notes for a variety of oh, things. Oh, okay. So we got a bunch of different ones here, including, is Alexa killing the radio star? Well, here we go. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll take on Alexa. All right. So this is um, a survey based on 909 no, smart speaker owners conducted in June of 20. Okay, now before we go any further, you understand that you're talking only about Alexa. Yes. Alexa is the market leader in the United States only. Everywhere yeah. else, it's Google Home. Is it? Yes. Okay. But uh, continue. I trust you on that. So, uh, and so this is NPR and uh, Edison Research doing this. So, the question is, is Alexa killing the radio star? The percentage of American smart speaker owners who replace the time they used to spend with traditional radio, and instead that time is being spent with Alexa. 40% of early adopters say, yeah, I'm listening to less radio because I've got my Alexa. And those who have owned the device for less than a year are even more likely to say it's replaced their radio listening experience. Early days and radio is actually trying to co-opt smart speakers for their own purposes. What interested me even more was that they were also asked about smartphone use. So instead of using your smartphone to look something up, are you turning to Alexa? And it said that 26% of early adopters, so people who own an Alexa for more than a year or so. About one out of every four said, yeah, instead of pulling up my smartphone, I'm using Alexa. And that's really what I found the true value of scattering these devices throughout my house is you just bark out a question and it barks back an answer. Which is what I do too. And mostly I'm asking about the weather and sports scores. Yes, weather is very keen on that. Which, by the way, 51% of thunderstorms today with uh, a centimeter of rain. How's it looking for you? So far, it's a little hazy, but it's still sunny. I'm a, I feel the heat. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, weather report? Well, we started with sports. Sean points out, you know, we're doing the weather report. We started with sports, weather. Up next, we'll do traffic. Traffic every 10 minutes on the threes. <laughs> Uh, can we go back to Apple for just a second? If we are done sure. with this, no. Um, the reason I say this is because uh, probably by the time well, on Monday when WWDC happens, yes, uh, Apple is going to announce the end of iTunes as we know it. Oh, thank God! Yeah, it is a very, very bloated program. It's version twelve, I think, right I think now, twelve point right, four. Yeah. It is. It's being asked to do too much. They've simply built on the technology that they first released in 2001. Yeah. And it's, they took books out of it, but it's still handling movies and television and podcasts. So what they're going to do for iTunes is they're going to break it into three constituent parts. Okay. Music. Yep. Movies and podcasts. Okay, so podcasting is going to get its own app. It's going to get its own app. We already have a dedicated podcast app for uh, iOS devices, so this is going to be for Mac. Okay. Uh, and and I, I would imagine Windows as well, so they'll break it into those three pieces. So, because right now, app uh, iTunes is being asked to do so, so much. It's bloated. It's oh. unintuitive in so many different ways. The search is terrible. It gets choked on big libraries. It's, 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 it really needs to be fixed, and it hasn't 
been really, um, again, it's just been band-aid upon band-aid since 2001. The good news is that some people were saying that this means the end of the iTunes music store, the ability to purchase music through iTunes. That's not going away. Okay, That's can, staying. I, I, can I understand why that might be a rumor, Yes. largely because Apple Music is going to be a far greater revenue generator for the company Correct. than hoping that we spend $1.29 on a song. Instead, I'm spending 15 bucks a month on a subscription service. Right. The idea being is that if my daughter is interested in buying more than 10 or 11 tracks, then it makes more sense to do the music subscription service. And have access to 55 million. And that's exactly what we've done. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. Uh, if you look at Canadian music sales and streaming stats over the past week, as I do, digital track sales are down by almost 30% from where they were at this point last year. And you can blame that on streaming because people are getting everything they want on an on-demand basis rather than paying the $1.29 for unlimited infinite listens. Right. Uh, Jason Perrier is uh, here at uh, the big show, Cosmo Fest 2019, uh, and he's asking where we are. So I'm just going to tweet to him to let him know that we're across from the registration tent. Yeah, we're across from the soft ice cream truck. I, I, which you, Mr. Yes. Flyboy was, was, was enjoying yes. his ice cream when he decided to come up live and talk to us. Yes. Your, your biggest fan. One of them. My people. Yes, your people again. So you don't believe that Apple is pulling the plug no. on purchased um, music? No, I think it would be politically difficult with the record labels because there is still revenue coming from it. Right. And Why kill something that's still bringing in money? Well, how else would you sell music? With so many record stores going out of business, would you cede that territory to Amazon? But does the record industry care as much about downloaded purchase purchase downloads versus streaming? Like, wouldn't they be making more money off streaming? They are now. Uh, each of the major labels is making more than 55% of the revenue from streaming. Very small percentage is coming from digital downloads. But again, you want to protect that against a company like Amazon who would see that and go, oh, here's another chance for us to beat up on Apple. Right, okay. So they'll keep it. It doesn't, you know, for, for, for what it costs them. Yep. I mean, they don't break out the... I don't think they break out the, the revenues for the iTunes Music Store. But if you're going to have the App Store, you've got the uh, infrastructure in place. And this has been going on since 2003, so why would you kill it? Are you a Sonos guy, by the way? I am. Okay, so this is interesting to you. Back to Alexa killing the radio star. Uh, the percentage of U.S. smart speaker owners who replace time they used to spend with their multi-room audio system, one in five. 20%. No, not surprised, because if you got to be compared to... Compared to a smart speaker, you got to be a little geeky about Sonos, uh, in the sense that you have you got to pull out your phone and make an, um, make your decisions based on on an app. Really? Yeah. Now there are, isn't there? Sonos is integrating with with assistants, virtual assistants, aren't they? Right, but as it stands right now, that's kind of a separate thing. You would plug your Alexa into your zone. Something like that. Right. So I, I understand that. Um, if you can just yell at your speaker on the kitchen counter and ask it to do something, it's a lot easier than finding your phone, opening up the app, and making a choice. Uh, watching us uh, on our live stream feed here on Facebook, uh, Jake is pointing out that he uses the Google Mini almost every day, and he even plays 102.1 The Edge again. Yeah, so what you say, uh, hey Google, play 102.1 The Edge, and it will. You can't use the trigger word. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, sorry, Jake. So long as you got the headphones on, I'm sure you'll be <laughs> you'll okay. You'll be fine. Uh, he's, and his solution for when you buy a device from Apple and then they come up with a brand new one three minutes later, he says his solution is just never to buy Apple. Yeah, and then if you buy any other company, their iterations are come even faster. Yeah. I mean, look at Samsung phones. Uh, Lawrence has uh, asked us uh, about the camera system that we've got. He's asking if it's the Mevo camera, and the answer is yes. So um, maybe we'll geek out a little bit about the technology. Go ahead. It's your thing. It's I'm my toy. Just, well, I, we, we talked a little bit about it. I'm going to uh, have a Timbit. Have you a Timbit. A, As a matter of fact, there's some coffee over there. Oh, and if you want, John. Because literally you showed up, you know, I just show seconds up at, to air. Yeah, I just craft service. You're, 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 you're in your trailer. Pour me a coffee with sweetener, please. Thank you very much. You're yeah. just there, what do you do, surfing porn? <laughs> he was. 
Okay, talk about the technology. I'll get my coffee. Yeah. And, and then, so Sean here is now grabbing you a coffee because John's too busy. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we get what we pay for, right? Here. Hey, can you give me a heater while you're at it there, child? That's just lovely. Thanks. Thanks for that. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Oh, and I need a, I need a, I need a land, lanyard. With, I, yeah, you, you got to get one of these. I got to get the lanyard. No. Right. Otherwise, they'll kick you out. They will. Live, live on the air. If you don't have one of these, oh, they'll okay. kick you out. Jesus. So, uh, Lawrence, you were asking about the camera. It is a Mevo camera, and for most people who wouldn't know what that is, um, it's a fisheye camera that looks like it sits inside of a Red Bull can. And the idea is that because it's fisheye, it creates this massive 4K image that when they take away the barrel distortion that comes with the fisheye nature of it, uh, you have this massive view. And then what you can do is you can isolate, you can crop, pan and scan certain sections of that image. So while it's just one camera pointed at both of us, uh, Sean has the ability to cut between virtual cameras between the two of us so that it looks like there's more than one camera running the, the big show. So that's basically how that works. The, that's the good news. And it'll also do it autopilot. So if we didn't have Sean, we could just put it on autopilot. And the internal microphones are uh, stereo. So it'll recognize that there's more audio coming from this side and it'll cut to my virtual camera because it does facial recognition. So it recognize, it'll put a, a box around you and cut to you. And then when Alan starts talking, you can cut to him as well. How much did that cost? It's only a thousand bucks. That's the good news. The, the bad news is, is that if you want it to do anything like the graphics we've got here, you have to have a subscription. So there's a recurring oh, there's yes. a recurring revenue model for them, but a recurring cost model for us. Oh, gee, thanks, Sean. I'll just have the old coffee here. Don't worry about it. You know what? It's cold. It's cold? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's, it so. wasn't at 9.30 when the rest of the crew showed up. It's okay. Hour. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, put it under your arm. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Well, your arm. I, oh, wait a second. Uh, you finished talking about the tech? Sure. Because I have a tech. Uh, I have an awesome tech story. Okay, what's that? Are we ready? Hook me up. Okay. So as regular listeners know, I have been battling kidney stones for quite some time. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so on Wednesday, I went for something called a renal scan, which involved injecting a radioactive isotope into my bloodstream, lying in a gamma ray scanner for 34 minutes. And now you're Spider-Man. That's what I was thinking. I have radioactive blood. I actually we did have radioactive blood, but it gets better. So, after I have my thing, I'm injected with something called Technium 99. Oh, that's an awesome name for it, a band. Isn't it? Technium 99. So, I mentioned earlier that I'm on this speaking tour. So, I leave the hospital, and I head down the QEW for Buffalo. Okay. I reach the customs gates at the Fort Erie Bridge. I know exactly what you're about to say. And I pull up, and then all of a sudden, the border, bang, closes. Nobody allowed into America. And all these people come out of the office carrying what looks like a shoebox with a handle on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're it's a Geiger counter. They're going up and down the rows of cars. And I'm looking, what's this all about? I'm sitting in my car. It's idling. I'm in the open air. But you've probably passed by those two giant white pillars that every vehicle has to go through before, and it's like two or three but car I wasn't back. But I wasn't even, no, I wasn't even that far. That's the weird thing. I wasn't even that far. Oh, wow. So anyway, I'm wondering, what the hell is going on here? And so they come up to the car, and the guy goes, oh, it's you in the office. So, okay. so did they, put on they, the gloves? they seize my passport. Oh, I, see, that's always frightening. I, I've never liked the idea of handing my passport over to anybody. They kept my passport. I went into door two, and a guy took me into a back room. Wait, was door two a metaphor? <laughs> took me into a back room, brought out another scanner. How it's, big was this one? This one bigger was, than a bread box? It was bigger than a bread box. And he had to try to figure out exactly what the nature of this radioactivity was. Meanwhile, I look out the window, there's my car, and they're going over it. <laughs> it's just in 73 pieces. <laughs> with more Geiger counters and more scanners. So they scanned me a total of three times. Yeah. I had to fill out some paperwork. 
they finally identified the isotope as Technium-99. Yeah. Which, by the way, has a half-life of six hours. So this was three hours after I had had the injection. No, sorry, it was close to six hours after I had the injection. So it had already degraded by one half. Right. But the sensors at the border crossing were sensitive enough to pick up this mild radiation in my blood as I'm sitting in the car outside. Wow, that is absolutely remarkable. So I eventually got in yeah. and I did my speaking thing. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna have the same sort of ordeal coming back into Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come to the Canadian border crossing and this is about, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock. And the guy says, yeah, come on in. So now you've got the, the, the half-life is already degraded by 50%. Yes. And then an additional 25%. No, an, an additional 50%. It's, it's logarithmic. Right. Good point. And as a result, it would still be present. It would still be present. It, it, you have to, even something like this takes almost four days to be completely clear. Wow. So, yes, I did have radioactive blood, but oddly enough, I don't stick to a wall. I was going to say. I know. Start doing some of this action. No, 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 no. I have no spidey strength, no spidey sense. No spidey sensors. Nothing. nothing was. Nothing tingled. Nothing tingled. Well, you are over fifty. Well, you know what? I I had a hard time falling asleep because of the glow. Hey, Roberto Padron Gill points out that Sonos plays both Google and Alexa on their new speakers. Uh, I, I seem to so remember reading may, about that, but I haven't set it up. Maybe you need the new ones. Oh, do you have do you have the new ones as well? Uh, no, I have a, a, a system that's been in there for about four years, so. Uh, no. Yeah, so you're going to need the new stuff. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so uh, on Twitter as well, uh, Jason uh, uh, said that he found us. If you find us here, just tap us on the shoulder. You can join us on the show. We'd be more than happy to find out what's going no, on. But don't, don't creep up behind us because, again... Well, ha they, they have no choice but to creep up behind well, us. Well, they can sure no, they've no, got they can their circle, you know, they can circle from the side. Make sure they're Maybe Sean can actually signal saying that there's somebody coming towards us. It's really making yeah. you nervous that you can't see who's coming at you. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like that in restaurants. So I always like to have my back. Wild Bill Hickok. Right. Deadwood. Dead my, man's hand. My, my wife calls it the mafia table. You, you want to sit at the mafia table? Because I always want to make sure that I can see everything that's going on. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, don't stop believing and have everything go blank. Exactly. You yeah. don't want the Sopranos action happening yeah. there at all. Yeah. Uh, so we're on the big show. We're good. We're locked. Yeah, everything's fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. We had problems earlier with the uh, the speed of the uh, of the internet. Doesn't seem to be a problem and now. Remember the last time we did this, we had to stream everything through my phone and it almost melted. Yes, it did. We got a fan. Oh, we, got a we have a fan. <laughs> Come on over. Okay. Who are you? Hey, Jason. Jason. Oh, you're you're Jason from. Yes. From? Excellent. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. How long have you been a fan of the program? Uh, a couple of years. Oh, couple that's years. Nice. Yeah. Uh oh, so you were you were there when we went on hiatus mysteriously. Yeah. Hey, everyone goes on hiatus. Yeah, exactly. So how are you finding CosmoFest? Oh, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's uh, great to meet uh, some of the musicians, uh, you know, up front in person. Yeah, who have you been talking to so far? Uh, we uh, met uh, Andy Timmons, Andy Wood. Yeah. Okay. So are you a mus musician yourself? No, no, no. no. Um, so, so your wallet is firmly in your pocket here. We have no worries about you walking away about a thousand bucks poor because if you are a music oh, geek, it's gonna be bad there's no the way you're walking out of here with anything less than a thousand uh, bucks. No, for sure. There's, I mean, here there's whatever you want in a in a musical instrument. At a, you know, some of the sales are pretty good. So you're, you're here as a music fan. Yeah, a music fan, and well, my, I'm here with my daughter, and uh, she she's uh, a budding guitarist. So. Ah, what kind of guitar does she play? Oh, just acoustic right now. Yeah. Yeah. She's just learning. Awesome. So what got her into the guitar? If you're not a musician. Well, I mean, you know, I like music, and I would, you know, she wanted to play guitar. I mean, I don't have the talent. She has a little <laughs> bit more talent than I do. So. Isn't that amazing to see this creature that you created capable of creating their own music? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the talent. So. Exactly. And then, of course, you got Alan over here. Yeah. Who's, who, this That's is who dogs. you're really here to see, right? <laughs> but, oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about offspring. No, no, no. no, no. You've got two dogs. That's, That's it. Here, gra grab one of the cards from the box right. there. And uh, there should How be How many a, goddamn cards did you buy? I bought 500 of them. Why? Well, because I thought maybe we would have 500 people show up. There, there's got to be a pen in there for you to sign it as well, right? Because yeah, so. that's the only reason why anybody comes down to a show like this is to get an autograph from you. Yeah. Okay, there we go. For sure. Yes, need an autograph from Alan, of course. All right. And Michael. All right, there we go. There go. Where's your card? Excellent. And this is going to who? Uh, Jason. Going to Jason. Jason. Hang on. Have you not been paying attention? No, I was. Where, where have you been this whole show? I don't know where I have been. You signed it on my side. 
Oh, and I just spilled all 500 cards. Oh, look at this. Getty Lee is going to be coming in right by the booth. What is that? What does that mean? Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. All right. So Getty Lee, who we've been trying to get on the big show, won't come on the big show, but apparently he's going to be driving past the big show. That's the closest we're going to get. That's the closest we're going to get. There you go. There, you sign yours. Well, you know on mine. Here. All right, hold the mic. Where? Are we watching for a black SUV? Right, Is that what we're doing? Jason, thanks very much for dropping by. Yes, thanks I, very much for having me. Excellent. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I'm having dinner with Giddy on Monday. Uh, I'm having dinner with Giddy on Monday. See ya. See ya. Thanks, Jason. So, yeah, so if you want to swing by, say hello. Uh, tell us what uh, what the show means to you. By all means, uh, just tap us on the shoulder. Tap me on the shoulder, because if you tap Alan on the shoulder... I'll just jump out of my pants. Just, like, jump out of his pants and then need a new pair. Uh, so let's uh, pick back up on uh, the show, because we were looking at uh, the fact that this is very musician-oriented. Yes. And you have a big warning to musicians. Pay attention to your metadata or go broke. Metadata is data about data. And you can see what we're talking about if you go to iTunes, right-click on any song, and uh, click on Song Info, and you'll get a multi-tab window that comes up that lists various attributes of the song, from the title, the composer, the artist, the album, the genre, the year, the track on the album, and maybe even lyrics, or the artwork, or a whole bunch of other things. And metadata is really important because the more correct metadata that you put into your song, supply with your song, the better chances you will have of that song being recognized correctly when it's streamed or used elsewhere. And for musicians today, streaming is where it's at. Forget standing outside the subway station trying to hand people compact discs. Right. The... There, there is a real problem with metadata in the music industry because here's an example. Let's say you have a song called I Love You. Fairly common title. Very common title. So there might be 10,000 songs with the title I, gotta look it up. I Love You, okay? If you don't have adequate metadata and somebody streams your song, it is very possible that somebody else with a song called I Love You will be paid. And it's usually the most popular of the songs called I Love You. So that person, that composer, will get paid for a song they did not write perform. 60% of songs in the modern era are devoted to the subject of love and relationships. Right. So the other issue that you have to make sure of is, are you, you know, grammar and spelling? with a song title. And it's, musicians aren't known for their grammar. Well, no, and, and think about all the stylistic spellings of names and artist names in the world of hip-hop. Right. So if you, you know, um, if you look at, you know, Prince, uh, nothing compares to you. You have to spell it the way Prince spelled it. Not with Y-O-U, but the letter U. Which doesn't... Well, actually, I don't know why that shouldn't work. Because if Google can recognize certain autocomplete errors, why wouldn't any music... But what if there is a song called Nothing Compares to You, Y-O-U? You see the problem? Yes, I do. So uh, you may or may not... If that's your song, if you have the Y-O-U, nothing compares to you. Yep. You may not, if they have the autocomplete and they assume it's Prince, Prince will get paid and you won't. Ah. That's why it's important to have absolutely ultra, and they call it ultra-hygienic metadata. Ultra-hygienic, as in clean. Clean. Very, very clean, and everything's spelled right, the grammar is correct, uh, the punctuation is correct, and it's complete. Right. So one of the things, there is one major label. I, okay. I, ha I use a, a digital distribution download system called DMDS. Okay. Uh, and this is how labels send me music. Um, it's password protected, and it's, it's, it's a really... It's, it's based on keyboard strokes. Okay. It's very, it's, it's quite secure. Huh. Anyway, uh, there is one major label that will remain nameless, Sony, um, that absolutely refuses to include proper metadata in the DMDS downloads. So I will get a song, and I'll have the title, and I'll have the artist, and in the place of album, I have nothing. All the other fields are blank. So I have all these Sony downloads, all listed to unknown album. Huh. 
and so you would think that they would get their act together in that department. I, yes, I, I you think considering it is a music it's a label. Right. And and we're gonna you know, they're 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 sending this music out to professionals yep. to be used in a variety of digital realms. And they're not identifying the songs. Craig Aiken just tweeted us about physical media. My, my comment about, you know, standing in front of the subway station, yeah. handing out your CD demos. He says he still buys CDs and vinyl. The vinyl I can get. The CD sort of surprises me, largely because I don't know where... If you gave me a compact disc today, or a DVD for that matter, I would have no means by which I could play it. And my daughter and I were at an event, and someone had a laptop, and I could tell how old the laptop was because it had a CD-ROM drive. Yeah. Um, okay. There's the difference here is that streaming is good for everyday listening. Uh, a physical collection is something that you own forever. It's personally curated, right? And you can go back as many times as you want for the rest of your life, and listen to that music without having to pay any additional um, any additional fees. So that's that's attractive for some people. You are collecting. You are creating something that you uh, a physical collection of something. Um, the other thing is that when you buy records and CDs, you're actually putting more money into the pocket of the artist. So if you want to support the artist, even if you don't play the record, even if you don't play the CD, you have the knowledge that even though you may listen constantly on a streaming service, you've added value by purchasing the physical product. So if you really want to support a musician, yes. the, the, the streaming download isn't the solution. No. It's a purchase. It's a purchase. I want to say uh, hello to Mike Tweedy from Cottage Country. He says, uh, sorry, I can't be there. Mike, we're, thanks we're, for watching. We're in Cottage Country. I'm going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, Mike, um, if you're going to be in a... Oh, as a matter of fact, stick around because at the end of the program, we're going to talk about where you're going to be. Yes. Uh, so, Mike, tell us where you are in Cottage Country and maybe actually you can swing by and, and see Alan in person. Just yes. don't sneak up on him. No. Uh, Laura uh, Manella uh, saying, great job, guys. Oh, Laura! Hi, Laura! Do you know? Do you know? Oh, yeah, me and Laura go way back. What, like the guy with his fly down? No, go we back? go back to the mid, mid-90s. Really? Yes. How do you know Laura? Uh, she used to show up at uh, a club that I was doing. Oh, Mike says he's in Kincardine. Oh, you're, no. No, so you're nowhere I'm, near I'm, I'm going to be in Bancroft. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, uh, Lawrence had uh, asked, is Hoxley Workman there? Who, the, who is Hoxley uh, Workman? No, he's not in the program. Hoxley's a very talented guy who does everything from solo albums to a super group called the Mounties to some stage productions. Um, no, he's not here. He is not on the in the program. So how would uh, how would I know Hoxley Workman? Um, oh, Canadian rock singer songwriter yes. garnered critical acclaim yes. for his blend of cabaret pop and glam rock. Yeah, he's interesting. He's a real. I've, I've talked to him a number of times. I really like Hoxley. A multi-instrumentalist, yep. plays guitar, yep. drums, yep. bass, yep. keyboards, and sings. There you go. Well, if he's here, apparently he walked past us, oh. according to Lawrence. So maybe... maybe yeah, my back is to the crowd, so I couldn't... I wouldn't put it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you want to join us on the big show, uh, you can fire us off a comment uh, and contribute to the big uh, program, or uh, just walk by, say hello. we got a microphone waiting for you. So... Um, that handles your metadata, right? Are you, yeah, are you we're done? done. Are you done yeah. about that? So are you ready for this? Oh boy, here we go. Oh no! Okay, let's let's preface this by me pointing out that I am very much against Disney World. Uh, okay. I, I took my daughter to Disney World at age five, and I learned something very interesting. You can see it on the faces of the parents at Disney World. Every parent who has a child under the age of eight at Disney World looks like they've run the gauntlet. <laughs> looks exhausted. They're a moment away from just smacking their kids. But any parent with a child eight or over, they are just as happy and excited to be at Disney World as the kids are. That's interesting. And the reason why is you can tell an eight-year-old at the end of a one-hour wait for a ride and a five-minute ride at the gift shop or the candy shop that's inevitably at the end of every single yes, ride. Yes, exit through the gift shop. You can say, if you ask for more candy, 
one more time. We're turning this boat around, we're going home. And an eight-year-old will listen. A five-year-old doesn't have the capacity to stop asking for more. And so the parents- Doesn't respond to threats. And doesn't respond to threats. Okay. By the time they've spent an hour waiting in line for something, they've forgotten that at the end of it, when they see candy, that they shouldn't ask for more candy. So those parents are just exhausted. And I was among those parents. Probably should have taken the kid a few years later. But for the first time in my life, I have an interest in going to Florida. And here we for go. This. Because of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. See, Darren knows what I'm talking about. Our social media director here is all over this one. So Sean's going to put up some of these photos. Uh, like, look at this. You get to stand underneath the Millennium Falcon for crying out loud. Now, I get to do that sort of thing all the time in virtual reality. But how about paying probably the same amount of money as the cost of a virtual reality headset? No kidding. To go to Florida and stand underneath the physical thing at the at the Disney Experience. Okay, now I understand that this is open just recently. Yes. And that they've limited visiting time to 30 minutes. That I didn't know. And apparently, again, we can maybe get somebody on this. I heard that if you spend too much time, a stormtrooper will actually escort you out. <laughs> I'm not making that up. The, uh, the one ride open so far, it says uh, we're on Gizmodo here, and it looks like they've gotten a bit of a, an early peek at it. The only ride open so far is, quote, not a home run, but just looking at the Millennium Falcon Park there is worth the price of admission. Okay, so uh, what's the ride? Uh, I don't know. I don't well, really know. It's not know a home run. Well, clearly, uh, the idea is you're, you're wandering around these things. It costs 200 bucks to get in. No, it doesn't. 200 like, I told Per you, person? You could spend $500 on a VR headset and have almost the same experience whenever you wanted, or $200 per person, which includes a lightsaber okay. and some accessories. Okay. I would rather have a blaster. I'm oh, sure you would. Just like Han Solo. Uh-huh. Do they have phasers? Just asking. Phasers. Yes. This one asks if Star Wars... I don't know if you noticed this, because I don't even know if you listen to this, your own show. Don't. But when it was when we were talking about my um, May the 4th wedding anniversary... Yes. The sound effect I played was the sound of the Enterprise bridge doors opening. Oh. Just to troll people. Crickets. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody got the Star Wars joke. Disneyland is hiring stormtroopers to work at Star Wars Galaxy Edge. So if you are, in fact, one of these guys who's built your own suit, and we talked to and, the 501st Legion about this. And if you want to walk around in the hot Florida sun in a plastic <laughs> armored suit. That's a really good point, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so you can visit Savvy's Workshop, which is a store-slash-building experience, to assemble your very own custom lightsaber. Yeah? Only 14 people can get in at a time, and you can only be there for 15 minutes. Maybe so I'm right. That's what I'm talking well, about. That's, that's within each of those little display areas. Okay. So you get escorted out of the display area, it looks like, not the entire park. Okay. Okay. By a stormtrooper who clearly needs to be refreshed with some water, <laughs> which I'm not alone here. We have some water as well. If, if, if John's finished surfing porn on the internet back there, maybe John will get you a... No, I'm, I'm fine, because again, you know, I've... I have the kidney things, and I'll just I'll just have to run to the bathroom. I was, well, I was going to say I would have assumed that you'd have like a non-stop beverage drip as a result. I pretty much do. Yeah. Okay. I I am about ooh, two or three degrees away from some depend, depends. <laughs> just kidding. Well, thank thanks for sharing. So um, we've got a few more things to talk about, um, not the least of which is where you're going to be. Yes. So um, last night you were in Toronto. I was in Toronto at Mio's place. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, it went really well. The night before that, what? Who? Oh, there, there's, there's Getty Lee. Oh, yeah. He's All coming right. through right now. Yeah, the Block Suburban. You want to... Uh, oh, no. You want to turn the camera around or uh-huh. something? Uh, what's happening here? Oh, there's two. There's two. Two black SUVs. So, so they've, they've got a they've got a, a, a decoy SUV. So, kind of like the U.S. president. Yeah, so me, you don't know just, which one is which. Just, yeah, maybe, maybe he's traveling with somebody I know. Damn. Oh wait, I'm caught. Damn. All right, so we've got one black oh, there SUV. He there he is. Parking. There he is. There's the man. Give us a thumbs up. 
There we go. Okay. There's Getty. There's Getty right here. All right. See, we got a good location. We, we do have a good location. Right. Here he's pulling up in that black SUV you can see right there with all the guys around him. Let's see if we can zoom in and maybe get a nice tight shot. Yeah, uh, just see if there's anybody I know with him. Yeah. Megan, hang on. Go get him. Get, get Getty over here for five minutes. Oh, yeah, Dave Grohl's here as well. There's Dave Grohl. You can see him. So I'm taking some photographs with him right now. Alex, go for it, man. Well, apparently, apparently Dave Grohl's got to go pee. All right, what the hell so, is Dave Grohl doing here? Well, maybe Dave Grohl needs some fishing tips to go with <laughs> Getty Lee's big book. I uh, that way. Over there. In the tent. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is Dave Grohl doing here? That was that was an un. Dave Grohl runs past me. and says, "I gotta take a pee." <laughs> <laughs> so Dave Grohl recognizes. Oh wait. Sorry, what? Yeah. Hey, it was just right here. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool. There you go. Did not expect that. Okay. Well, you know, I, I know, I probably, I know why. Because uh, Dave has Dave's mom, Ginny, wrote a book called From Cradle to Stage, which is the story of being a rock star mom, uh, or the mom of a rock star, and she struck up a friendship with Getty's mom when writing this book. So I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ginny is up here uh, talking to, uh, to to Mrs. Lee. All right. There you have it. Okay. Now you're up to date. Okay. Well, so. well that was the, the most excitement we've had so far. Well, that was... We, a, we could have chased them to the men's. And, and how many of us took a picture of that? I did. Oh, you did? I got pictures. Well, um, of, of, of Dave? Uh, of Dave and of, of Getty. Okay. I want you to send me that, and I'll tweet it out. So we'll, we'll, we'll put that on the inner, inner trans. As a matter of fact, I'll send it off to Darren. Hey, Darren. Darren's too busy uh, commiserating. You got uh, you got your your drop on, your air drop on? Yep. We'll send you some pictures, and you can post those to the Intertron. I got a couple of really nice shots here of, uh, of Getty. Now, you are not just a fan of Rush, but of Getty particularly. Uh, Getty particularly. Uh, well, no, I'm a, I'm a full-on Rush fan. I mean, I've known... They were the second concert I ever saw. Yep. I've been following them since uh, 76, I guess. Uh, I've traveled to see them in places like London and Las Vegas. Right. I've uh, met every one of them except Neil. You haven't met the drummer? I have not met the drummer. He is not the he's not the guy that does. It's Alex and Getty who do, who do all this social stuff. Um, when I was in Las Vegas, I met uh, Neil's drum tech. And I got a tour of the two kits that he was playing on that Rush 40 tour, which uh, there were two. There was one that he played uh, um, for the uh, on the more recent sh stuff, and then there was stuff that he played from like 70, sorry, like 84 previous. Right. And that was the kit that I managed, uh, that I modeled my own kit after. It was pretty cool to sit down behind that, let me tell you. Yeah, I can imagine. You, we were talking about this on a recent episode uh, with Brent Bodrug about the number of pieces in Neil Peart's kit. Yeah, I've lost count. And that you actually aren't that far off from what he's got. No, if you add up all the, the, the toms and bass drums and cymbals, I'm somewhere near 20 or 21. Wow. But if you look at Neil's kit, he's got a lot more than I do. Okay, so you are going to be where tonight? Oh, tonight I am going to Peterborough. If you go to sidedooraccess.com, uh, you'll see exactly where I'm going to be in Peterborough. There are still some tickets left. And then tomorrow I'm going to be in Gilmore, which is near Bancroft. Uh, and again... Uh, so it's deep into cottage country. It's really deep. It's called the Island View Cottage. Um, but you've got a nice vehicle for a ride like that. I, I do. And I'm a, I've got my Jaguar, which is nice. I was hoping... I, I, I tried to arrange... Uh, an influencer position with a dealership that was going <laughs> that I was hoping to get a McLaren 570S. You, you want to be an influencer, do you? Yeah. I oh, do. the McLaren 570S just got Sean Jatay's attention. Oh yes. Our ace director's got his heart palpitations. Yes, I really, I, I thought I was going to get one, but no. Can I park that for you? Wow. Yeah. 
So no dice on the influencer. No dice. Not enough duck face. I think that's I tried. I face? tried. I really tried. And, and, and you got to work on your peace symbol. Right. And then next week, yeah. I'm in uh, Kingston on Wednesday. Right. That's uh, the, what would that be? The 3rd, 4th, 5th, 12th. I'm in Kingston. And then after that, I'm in Ottawa for three days. And, and what are you talking about? It's a salon. So what you do is you just talk about whatever the people in the audience want to talk about. I lead a discussion on music. No two are the same. Well, as a matter of fact, Tim Heron, one of our longtime viewers and contributors via Patreon, mm-hmm. um, had pointed out that he was at that event last night. Yes, he was. And it was standing for two and a half hours. Yes, it was. And people wouldn't, they, nobody left. It was great. It was fun. That's awesome. It's fantastic. And, and the host, Megan, had uh, some very lovely single malt. Single malt, which we were going to do a big show and open it with my martini making prowess. Yes. And you were going to bring some sort of beverage that would, you know, clear paint off a wall. Yes. And at the last minute, you decided no. Uh, I, I have to drive it. all the way out to Peterborough after this, and I want to walk around here, and I don't think it would be cool if I was, uh, you know. Half in the bag and smelling like gasoline? Exactly. Uh, exactly. So that's your thing. Yours is. I've got a new thing coming up. My documentary series, Futurhythmic, will be launching a podcast in the next month. It will. It will. Do you have enough equipment? (laughs) (laughs) And can I not be part of it? You cannot be part of it. Excellent. We're talking to Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia. Right. Uh, Rory Sutherland, who's the vice chairman of Ogilvy in the UK. This is the guy who has convinced most of us how to part with our money. Okay. So we're talking about... Big ad agency. Big ad agency. We're talking about the future of shopping in the age of the algorithm. Okay. The idea is that Amazon wants to create an artificial intelligence system, and they are already working on this, that will do your shopping for you. How would you like that idea? That you just the doorbell rings one day, and because Amazon has figured out that you like black shirts in the dead of summer, and every year you tend to buy a couple of new pairs at this time of year, it's just going to start sending you stuff it thinks you might be interested in. And if you are, you keep it. If you don't, you put it back in the box. See, that's negative billing. I don't like that. You don't like negative options. I don't like that. But would you not like it if maybe it was the kind of thing that you would need? Maybe you're running low on razor blades, so it knows that you well, need new some, razor blades. Well, for something like staples, um, toilet paper, paper towels, uh, stuff that you know that you go through at a certain rate and that you need to have refreshed after so many days, yeah, I can do that. Um, so Sutherland's premise is that actually we don't have to worry about AI doing our shopping for us because we actually enjoy the shopping experience. Well, we do. I like. I, it's a hunter-gatherer thing. Right, and it, it, there, there's there's some pleasure that comes from the choice, even if it's a minor, insignificant choice, and you don't want. I'll, I'll give you an example, and it happened to me just this week. I need a remote clicker for a PowerPoint presentation. And you're never in a million years going to go to a store and no. browse for that. No, because I, if I Best Buy may not have it. Source may not have it. I may have to go to a computer store to find it. They may not have what I want. I just go right to Amazon, couple of clicks, it'll be in the in the mailbox on Monday. Right, exactly. So what if that happened automatically? That would really freak you out. Yes, it would. The the trick I have with all these subscriptions and all these uh, automatically delivered items is that I lose track of them. And if you ever have to try to stop them from yep. coming, it can be tricky. Well, this is one of the things that Sutherland and I discussed was that Amazon's very good at delivering one thing to 50 people, right. but not 50 things to one, one person. person. And when I upgraded the podcast studio to a video studio... There goes Dave. There goes, yeah, you finally feed. Well, why don't you go see... Oh, you just walked away. Well, no, and he's surrounded by security people. Yeah, but you're Mr. Alan Cross. Uh, you're the big shot. Yeah, like, yeah but I'm also, I'm also... Well, yeah. Maybe he'll be here Monday, and I'll talk to him Monday. In which case, I'll do something. You're not going to be here Monday. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll gather it for you. All right. So the Future of the podcast is launching soon. So if you want to stay tuned to uh, my Twitter feed, you'll be able to get a, a, a link to when that, that comes up. Uh, we also talked to Jimmy Wales, which I thought might be an interesting conversation off the back of your Donald Trump CD yes. story. Uh, talking about the future of truth in the age of alternative facts. And his premise was that spam used to be a huge problem, and we figured that out. He thinks we can solve the problem of fake news as well 
in a very similar way, insofar as we are going to, first of all, the generation responsible for most of the fake news that gets distributed today is the boomer generation, and they don't have much longer on this earth. So there's going to be an element of aging out of the problem of fake news. Yeah. And then you've got the other element of the folks who are least likely to share fake news, the millennials. And so that's the biggest demographic in the world today. So we'll see fake news be decreased by them just not willing to share it, which sort of leaves us Gen X in the middle to be responsible for thinking twice before we reply or share. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I hope it works because uh, we're not doing well in the fake news era. So we've got a bunch of people we want to thank. Wait, and stop. Well, well, why, why haven't I got my Dave Grohl picture so I can tweet it out? Oh, well, I tweeted it out on, on the Geeks and Beats. Oh, I want the photo. Well, well, then I, well, then open up your airdrop, uh, and I'll send it to you. On, and it's okay. not Dave Grohl. It's just Getty Lee. I don't I want the Dave Grohl thing. I got to... Okay, never mind. I would have... Okay, fine, fine. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Okay, where do we go? Here, settings. Uh, uh, gotta teach old man yeah, Cross yeah, how to wear do where, 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 Where's airdrop? Okay, you get... However you scroll up, you know that settings option, this thing right here? Yeah. Your oh, that, panel? okay. Uh, go into that. No, I gotta... Oh, oh, he does, he no, does no, 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 hang on. That. No, that's not it. Yeah, from the corner? It's from the corner. No. Back, back. Hey, where, listen, people are paying... Would, would you want to just give it to me and there, I'll do it? Do it. Oh, you... And then what you need to do is you need to, to press hold on this to pull up the rest of them. Okay. You've got airdrop to contacts only. Am I at least a contact? I think you are. Okay, so then when I go like this and I tap and I see airdrop on my end, uh -huh. I got Darren. Oh, there's Alan. There we go. There. All right. Just click accept and away you go. Okay, see, this is why I keep you around. That's it's the only reason you keep me around. Oh, there we go. So, uh, also, okay. you, you've got those photos? I'm those looking at it right now. I'm going to send it out. All right. Tweet it out. In the meantime, we want to say thank you to those who have made this show particularly, but all the shows possible as well. On Patreon, that is really where the majority of our friends are supporting us. And you can be a member of the world's worst intern program like they are. And how you become a member of the world's worst intern program is you go to geeksandbeats.com, click the support the show link. And if you support us a dollar an episode, you pay us to work on the show. You don't do any actual work on the show. Show. And then all we do is say thank you when you sign up. So that's what makes it the worst. But it also helps us on an episode-by-episode -episode basis. Some don't like Patreon, and as a result, we've seen um, a big jump in the number of people who have been supporting us via PayPal as well, including Victor Biggio, who is supposed to, as our patron in residence, come by and say hello and be on the big show. So I don't know if he's actually around here to do that. Um, if he is, swing by. Um, oh, Darren, you just sent me something? What did you send us? We'll figure that out in a moment. We'll tweet that on the Geeks and Beats account as well. Um, but yeah, so if you go to geeksandbeats.com, click the support the show link, you can now support us via PayPal, which is not as onerous as uh, the folks over at Patreon are about digging the credit card. There's only one problem with this migration we're seeing to PayPal, is it's to my corporate PayPal account, which means now I'm gonna have to start paying taxes on this. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. Oh dear, yes, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. So, well, as a result, that means the payout to the show and the payout to you is going to be a little bit less because they're going to want their... I know, I understand. You take the money and I'll... Um, <laughs> and I'll buy all the toys and they'll all live at my house. Yeah, yes. Exactly. So thank you very much either on Patreon or via PayPal for supporting uh, the big show. Alan's got some big shows coming up. Go to journalofmusicalthings.com. He'll be able to uh, update you on where you can find him through the side door access program that they've got as well. And let's just uh, quickly check in on uh, the face plant. Uh, Mike Tweedy uh, in King Carden, thank you very much for joining us. Laura as well. Uh, Lawrence uh, Feller, uh, thank you for joining us too. We're still looking for Hawksley Workman to see if Hawksley's around us uh, too. So are, are we done here? Have, have we actually had a successful live on location you know, show? This was actually very seamless. Very well. That's because of Sean Jate behind the scenes on the camera. Thank you, Sean, and Darren Wilson as well on social, keeping us on top of anybody who's been contributing uh, via the the social. So thank you very much, guys. This has been great. So now you're going to go off and spend a bajillion dollars. I am. I have to get a long, articulated mic stand, mountable on a desk with a clamp. Yeah. And I'm going to go look at the electronic drums. 
Right. Have you have you narrowed your choices down yet? No. Um, there's a couple of models from Roland and one from the Yamaha I want to look at. All right. Maybe we'll check out Roland, considering Roland's been very good at the show. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's it. Good right. idea. Okay. Thank you again. Have a great day. Uh, you can continue to watch the show um, in repeat, and you can comment. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Put it on repeat. Well, it's, it's going to be up there on the Internet for all, right. all to see, and we're going to turn this into the episode yes. as well. So, oh, so I don't have to be at home tomorrow night drinking. So you don't have to be at home tomorrow night. You can be at the game. No, I'll be watching. We'll be watching the big game. That's basketball, right? Yeah, uh, sport ball. Yeah. How, how many innings? Four. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter, Facebook, and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.